everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. A few announcements before we start. Because I posted this meme that was like, okay, we're going to get right to it. I saw 40 minutes later. But everyone said, we don't mind. Everyone's nice. So I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to talk for an hour. No, I'm just kidding. I have three announcements. Here we go. One, happy birthday to our amazing web designer, August. It's his birthday this week-ish. It's around this time. I don't oh want to say goodness. the date because that's not safe. So many happy, happy, happy birthdays. We August. love you. Yeah. And we go could to not our do this without website. you. Literally. No, truly. And our website is so bomb. I'm yeah. so proud of it. I will be referencing the website throughout this episode. Oh, good. Just for you, August. Second announcement. We have our monthly Patreon Supercast live stream coming up this Sunday afternoon. So look for announcements on that. And the third thing I wanted to say is a few people have been like, hey, are you sure there aren't new datelines now because of the strikes? And I think it's really funny that people, A, think that we don't know about the strikes or have forgotten about them because I am in SAG. So I'm on strike. I recently turned down an offer to star and write my own sitcom called Hey, That's Kimber. And it has a real like blossom feel. But anyways, I don't want to be a scab. So I turned it down. But I am. I totally believed you for the first 15 (laughs) seconds of that. I was like, I was getting ready to just lay into you about (laughs) friendship and duties of friendship and telling me big major events in your life. Like being offered your own sitcom called Hey, That's Kimber. Hey, that's Kimber. That would count. But bottom line is Katie and I 100% support the artists, the actors, the writers, everyone. And it's not just about them. It's about people in all professions getting what they're owed while the top part of their industry barely pays taxes. It's not fair. They're fighting out there for everyone. So if you're like, this is just the actors are being greedy. It's not that at all. No, it's definitely not that how this No, what they want is residuals for things that didn't even exist when they created their shows. They didn't know their show was going to be streaming 24 hours a day on Netflix and yeah. they would see none of that money because Netflix wasn't even around when they signed their contract. No. It's not fair. There just needs also, to be fairness, folks. We, we also, support fairness. 100%. And the big part of that, what I was getting at is I asked Mink, people on Patreon were asking, and I forgot that I didn't mention it on the podcast or on our main social media pages. That's my fault. That's why you haven't heard us talk about it, because I already talked about it on Patreon, and I thought I talked about it with everyone. They were asking, are you sure it has nothing to do with the strikes? I said, I don't think so, but let me go to the horse's mouth, and that horse is Mr. Mankiewicz. And he's a beautiful Clydesdale. He's gorgeous. Yeah. Always wears a hanky, but it's in a handkerchief form because he's a horse. So he said, absolutely not. They are not in either of those unions. It will actually make them busier. He and Keith were talking about how they're just going to be busier than ever because NBC is going to want new programming. And so what they're on right now is just a summer break. It's nothing more exciting than that. It is confusing because in the past they've given us sprinkles of new hour-long episodes in the summer. So we've not really gotten like a full summer break before. We've been very spoiled. Well, and I think probably they held some things, but I think because of COVID, anything held was put through. Mm -hmm. So that would be my guess is that COVID kind of threw everything into a paycheck by paycheck type situation where you're, do you know what I'm saying? Like where everything is coming out as it's made more than holding items until later. 
If it can come out, it's coming out, is my guess. I see. Yeah. I don't know what I'm allowed to say. I did talk to Dateline, Susan, and there's excited. Just, you're going to be, I don't think I can say any of it, but you're going to be really excited. Great. And in the meantime, we have a lot of frogging to yes. get through. Yes. And thank you everyone so much for your very kind words on frogging. We it do means a lot to us work. whenever we branch out and people are supportive. Yeah, we like that. Well, we're, we're also trying to do, we're, we're doing a Dateline tonight. We're not yeah. trying to give you four froggings in a row. We're being, no. we're trying to be careful with our that would be an overdose frogs. on frogging frogging yeah. in doses mm-hmm. it's called it's called micro dosing frogging yeah it's terrifying you can't yeah. have lo- long stretches of frogs no. that's not right no so this episode we're doing see i'm now getting to the real episode this is the mystery on horseshoe drive not to be confused with mystery and mustang mystery at empire lake mystery on the mississippi mystery at ascot's estate mystery in big sky country mystery in south beach also don't forget bathtub mystery mystery man goldfinger mystery prussian blue mystery pink gun mystery and dream house mystery we've been doing this for six years folks those are just the episodes we've covered there were others there's a lot of mysteries i thought we had done this <laughs> <laughs> when you said horseshoe drive i'm like we've done it yeah and i actually sure. looked it was like, no, we've done horseshoe drive. And no, I knew better than to second guess, but There's I was like, I was sure There's a weird Mandela effect. People write me all the time and they'll say, didn't you do this one? I'll say, oh yeah. And then I'll look for it and it's not there. And I think, and it's no. not in my notes. It's not on my computer. And I'm Haven't like, done it. oh my Has God, it's a weird Mandela effect we all have. So yeah. this episode you can find on Peacock. It is season 19, episode five, and it aired October 8th, 2010. And it's hosted by Rob Stafford. Now, I did have to look him up on my computer to see if we've covered an episode with him before. And there was an episode called A Wanted Man from 2021 that I think we did. And it was more like a special, like a one-off kind of thing. But I don't, so maybe he was a regular host back in 2010, or maybe he's just sometimes Johnny on the spot and they just pull him in. Okay. He's, he's very. He's fine. He's nondescript. He's fine. He could easily host any show. Yeah. The, so, I mean, any kind of show. He could yeah. host Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. a handsome brunette man. Yeah. So it begins, though, with Lester's voiceover explaining the entire plot of the episode. Way too much. Why is the voice? Why is he? He gives away, like, everything. There's a logical stopping point in the voiceover. And then he keeps going. And I'm like, no, no, stop, Lester. Stop. Why? Stop. Stop, stop, stop. So don't I watch- thought I was too picky because, you know, like I fast forward when it's like coming up. I don't like those because yeah. I want to be surprised. Yeah. So I thought maybe I am too sensitive, but he did over explain. If I thought he over explained, then he over explained. It yeah. was way too long yeah. because there I'm was a natural stop that I thought we were moving into the episode. So I was like settling in and then to be like, oh, no, nope. nope. he's going to tell us all. So if you watch this episode, fast forward Lester's. Monologue. Like how you listen to skip us it. and you skip the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Skip the first Do the same. two minutes of this episode. There you go. So Rob says, in the home of a God-fearing family, in one of the smallest of American towns, the worst of crimes. Just solid. It's a good okay. solid intro. Sure. And then we hear the 911 call and there are these weird subtitles translating the call in a very obtrusive font in the middle of the screen. Didn't like it. Now they do the much more subtle subtitles at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, it was like heavy italics. Yeah, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So, All caps. Yeah. And someone says it's a real whodunit. Mark that off your bingo cards that you can find on our website, a date with Dateline. 
Thank you, August. Stephen Watkins grew up in rural Illinois, Chandlerville. Chandlerville, Illinois. I don't know why I wrote them backwards. Population 700. Very small. Everyone knows each other. He always wanted to have a family like the one he grew up with. He always loved his younger relatives. He had a smile in his eyes, which is very close to contagious smile. But I'm not going to say you can mark it off your bingo cards. I'm going to say no because yeah. clever it's, and I it's like close, it. It's close but not there. And we should use that more. And then there's this random interview with a girl named Brandy, which is one of Katie's karaoke songs. No, it's not. But thank you. It's not? No, girl. Brandy, she's a fine girl. See, what you a just fine did it. wife she would be. There you go. That's Brandy. My karaoke song is Mandy. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Well, Damn. You came and you gave without taking. Wow. But you sent me that hurts. away, oh, Camber. So <laughs> this girl, you think she's really important because usually the friend is like the best friend for life. She ran track with Stephen in high school in the 90s, 10 years before. She's the interview. What's going on? Does he have, why are there no other friends? I know um, this is only a one-hour episode, but you couldn't find a best friend or a coworker. So this was spoilt Current? for me. And I'm going to say spoilt because it becomes important later. It was spoilt because I started taking notes at approximately 15 minutes into this episode. I couldn't find my paper. So... You couldn't find any paper? Mm-mm. No, I have specific paper I take notes on. And so okay. it's like soft construction paper. And uh-huh. so then when I went back to the beginning and saw Brandy, I said, Brandy, I know you're not in the rest of this episode because mm-hmm. I've taken notes on the rest of this mm-hmm. episode and you do not pop up again. Mm-hmm. She pops up once more. When? I'll tell you and very shortly. Okay, but this is, oh no, yeah, once more before 15-minute mark. Once more before the breach and then never again. Uh, Never again. This is the epitome. Is that on the bingo cards? The random? Yes, random interviewee. Absolutely. Ran track with him 10 years ago. Yeah. So his girlfriend at the time, Stephen, became pregnant with a girl, Alexandria. Who's not Brandy. Brandy, the person we meet, is not the girlfriend. Brandy's not, no. Okay, cool. This is a different girl who we also, we don't hear from, but we hear from Brandy. So he loved being a dad to Alexandria. He ended up breaking up with the girlfriend, which is maybe why she's not on the show. But he was so close to Alex that this ex ended up giving Stephen full custody because he was so responsible and stable and was such a good dad. That says a lot. Also, maybe she had a lot of stuff going on in her life. There's more to this story, but I like this. This is fine. I'm going to just, we're going to do this. I think it was drugs. So after serving in the Coast Guard, Stephen got a new job where he noticed a hot chick in the parking lot at work. He would look at her every day. And her name was Jennifer Webster. And then very briefly, Brandy comes back and says, I happen to grow up around the corner from Jennifer, which is not at all surprising because there are only 700 people in that town. Yeah. She says Jennifer looked angelic and her smile was contagious. So there you go. Brandy has served her part. We can now mark off contagious smile on your bingo card. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Brandy. Bye-bye. We won't see you again. Bye. Love your hair. Hope you win. (laughs) That's from my friend Angelo. That's his impression of girls in beauty pageants. He stole it. Love your hair. Hope you win. What is it from? I mean, I've seen it around. I've seen it on Drag Race since. 
Uh, well, maybe he, he may have it stolen from it from RuPaul, but yeah. Angelo did it the best. Yeah. It was such a casual throwaway Yeah, when he did it. I've been jealous ever since, so I'm trying to <laughs> work it into my life. <laughs> Love your hair. Hope you win. Mm-hmm. So I might put that on a t-shirt. That could be merch, right? Or is that copyrighted from We're RuPaul? Gonna, let's find out. We do not want to get in deep with RuPaul. No, I don't. So one of our main interviews, now that Brandy has gone, is Jennifer's Uncle Ed. And he has what I would call either a handlebar or a Fu Manchu. It's a thick, girthy Fu Manchu. Yeah. Girth, girthy Fu Manchu. Mm-hmm. And he says Jennifer could be as sweet as can be. But you notice he said could be. That means yeah. there's a flip side to that coin. Uncle Ed has a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. Also, I had an Uncle Ed mm. who was the exact opposite of this Uncle Ed. Oh, that's odd. My Uncle Ed was, a, was bald. He was hilarious. He had a great laugh. And he smoked cigars. And I Aww. really liked him. He sounds great. Yeah, he was great. So... This Uncle Ed says, well, I heard all about Stephen from Jennifer. She said, this boy has been watching me in the parking lot, and he sits in his car until I go to work, and then he follows me. And Uncle Ed and his sons were like, oh, Stalker Steve. So they started calling him Stalker Steve. Now, Stephen's mom says he wasn't stalking her. This is not a stalking episode, by the way. Mm -mm. He had talked to her a few times before he eventually asked her out in the parking lot. The parking lot was like their go-to place. I wonder if they got married in the parking lot. So they, he's trying to get up the courage to talk to her is what's exactly. happening. And instead, it, he just looks like a creep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But also go with your instincts. If it feels like he's stalking you, you have every right to be uncomfortable and speak up. So Yeah, but really hard to tell the difference sometimes. <laughs> when you're just hearing Uncle Ed's version of the story, it's hard to tell. Yeah. So they started dating at Jennifer and Stephen in 2006, which is 2006. I don't know why I read it like that. That I is really, a I do. And I, only I like it. Doing it. I like it year. so much. I've grown to really embrace that, and I'm going to be disappointed if that stops. <laughs> I get have this weird block when it. Ha- it's I very understand unique dyslexia to you. now because it's, that's what's happening when I see that. It's very strange because you want to say 2021, 2022, yeah. 2011, and mm-hmm. instead you just you can't get into that knots period or aughts, whatever it's called. I don't know the aughts. Yeah, Ugh. so. Uncle Ed said this relationship was happening very fast, and it was shocking. And she brought him to church two weeks after meeting him and introduced him to her grandpa, who was the patriarch of the family. And Ed says, this is not the way things usually go in this family. We are slow to accept outsiders. Now, if the term outsiders made you uncomfortable, it made me uncomfortable, too. Because I don't feel like they would like my kind joining their family. Oh, I didn't think about that. Sorry. I'm immediately going to Pony Boy. I just, (laughs) that's fair too. That's fair too. It's very much like the others. (laughs) There's our family and then there's the others. Not to be confused with the movie where they're all dead. Spoiler alert. Wait, is that the Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you haven't haven't seen seen that by now, now, that movie's 20 years old at this point. I can't help you. So the family does not like outsiders, which is very strange. My family threw a parade, basically, for my brother's wife. They were like, yay, an outsider wants to be part of our family. Your family threw a parade for me. Yeah. Yeah. They are, family is like, incredibly welcoming. They are. They're like, come be weird with us. It's fine. I love so it. So this is where things with the family, Jennifer's family, get a little odd. And Jennifer's family is known as the Skinners. And I don't know why her last name is different, but... It is. Her last name's Webster. But she's from the Skinner clan. The Skinner clan. Okay. Yeah. So 
Ed says that every single night for 15 years, the entire extended family met for supper at someone's house or a restaurant every single night for 15 years. At this point, the host, Rob Stafford's jaw drops open a little and mine did too, Rob. My, I'm all for family dinners. Some of my most boring childhood memories and traumatic ones are from family dinners. But every night with the entire extended family. The best part of extended family is you only see them on special occasions. Am I wrong? No. I just, I'm surprised that they all get along. I don't know if they do, but I think that's just what you do. So every night someone hosts and everyone goes to that person's house or they go to a restaurant. Okay, let me ask you a question. If you became engaged into this family, let's say you were dating someone in this family and you found out about this, is this a deal breaker? If I am being going to be forced to attend yes, you are. or it's going to be part of the a family. huge rift. Yeah. I really like my dinners in front of the TV, my Chinese food delivery. Yeah, I don't and you would be never on. have that again. I don't want to be on for the rest of my life at dinner time. You would be That's on for the rest of unwind. your life. That's my time to unwind. Yeah. That's my time to turn off. Of course. And not only that, I like you food, know though. that a couple bad apples spoil the bunch in this. And yeah. if you have one food hawk in the group, it's done. What do you mean? One food police. Oh, one God. person who's watching what everyone else is eating and commenting on it. No, it you know what? You know, oh there's my one. God, you know, no. there's one in a group that big. There's one. There might be two. Oh, you're having a second serving, Kimberly. Right. Well, that's yes. a big salad. And, oh, oh I didn't know they did fried chicken on salad. Oh, I would. I'm out. Tables would be turned. This would be a Teresa Giudice. Honestly, I'm just maybe more of an American where I prefer to only see extended relatives on Passover and Thanksgiving. Yeah. And the occasional birthday. That's yes. fine. Yeah. Unless uh, they're my Uncle Ed, who I would honestly be fine to go to dinner with. Yeah. I think this depends on how they're defining extended family. Are they talking about 30 people? I don't know. Well, we know it's Ed and his sons and probably his wife. Jennifer and her parents and the grandma. So it's at least two wings of cousins. I need a family tree. Yeah. Just like I need blueprints. We're going to need a breakdown of this family because this is wild. But then it all kind of starts to make sense when you learn that they are a religious family. And they are Seventh Day Adventists. Right. Which is very interesting. I've always been super fascinated by them because they're, you know what the blue zones are in the world? That sounds familiar. What is it? There are five blue zones in the world where people live like 10 years longer than anywhere else. And one of those blue zones, the rest, like Japan and all these other places, but one of the five is in California, in Loma Linda. And it's a group of Seventh-day Adventists. And they say they don't drink, they exercise, and they're vegetarian or vegan. And they live like 10 years longer than everyone else in California and the world. It's so crazy. That's wild. I do know a couple seven-day, Seventh-day Adventists. Are they very healthy and how long are they living? Well, now that you're mentioning it, I know for sure one of them doesn't eat meat. Mm-hmm. Huh. But in other ways, it's a lot like, I think, Protestant in terms of beliefs. But anyways, fascinating. So yeah. we see their church and there's a sign outside that says, TGIF, 
thank God I'm forgiven. You know, they were whoever makes those signs. So proud of himself for that one. Or he's thinking, I've had a better sign last week. Why couldn't Dateline have filmed B-roll last week? Yeah, that sounds like that one might have been phoned in. Yeah, it's not his best. So for the last several years, multiple generations of Skinners lived in a huge house together. No. No. No, thank you. That is not for me, but I respect it if it's your culture. Okay. They kept themselves, and others in the town thought they seemed clannish. I'm going to say cultish. How many of them? I, again, don't know. 15? 20? We're going to say between 15 and 35. I'm guessing. So Brandy... Oh, Brandy's back. There Brandy we go. Brandy is a three-peater. Mm-hmm. I forgot Brandy came back a third time. She says they were very wealthy and they had nice things. And she knows that because one year she went to their garage sale. She was blown away by what they were selling. Now, again, Brandy is a neighbor who has seen Jennifer around. And that's it. And she once went to a garage sale held at her house. And she is one of our interviewees. Can I get a description of the items that you saw? What did you see? Was it a base bag? I don't think so. No one's giving up a base bag. No one. And I'm not even doing a lead into base right now. That's coming later. But but like, yeah, what was it? Like what did antiques, armoires? Yeah. When we do see the inside of the house later, it's very grandma. Like you can tell the grandma lives there. It's a lot of patterns and curtains and carpeting and weird. All that stuff costs money, though. Mm-hmm. Patterns and curtains and carpeting and wallpaper. All that's money. That one lady, it, with those Mary's the basketball player, spent like 30 grand on upholstery or something. Yeah, that was insane. That so, was ridiculous. Jennifer appears to come from a good family and wants to have a family of her own. She's perfect for Stephen. Rob Stafford, the host, says, what could be better? The real question is, what could be worse? And then it cuts to Uncle Ed saying he didn't know what he was getting into. And I was like, oh, my God, is Uncle Ed not on his niece's side? This is a twist. That's very bad that the uncle is saying that. So Jennifer and Stephen were very happy at first. She loved his daughter, Alex, treated her like she was her own daughter. But his mom had doubts because she didn't feel like Jennifer wanted to be part of their family, that all the attention was on her family. And... Stephen indeed started spending a lot of time with Jennifer's family, and they actually embraced him and Alex. They loved them, and Stephen needed them to accept Alex like their own, and they really did. They were like, this is our new granddaughter, Alex. Like They loved her, wow. and they loved Stephen. So within weeks of meeting, they got married. Now, because this is a dateline, you're thinking, I hope they got a prenup, but they didn't. But... I know. Are you shocked? How did the family get so... We're just being told by Rob and others how f- close they got so quickly to the family and they accepted them as their own, like in a week? Because yeah. in two weeks they got... Or in several weeks they got married. Yeah, it was almost like they had ulterior motives. Interesting. Press on. So I would have suggested, because this is a dateline, that they get some sort of prenup or insurance on their marriage. But yes. Unfortunately, they didn't. But we are big proponents of insurance. Maybe not the life insurance kind that your spouse will murder you for. But, but another very of- important kind. 
If you didn't know by now, I have four four-legged friends that live in my house with me and that I care for. And I very much love Brunhilda, Danny the Champion of the World, Bruce, and Ulysses. And I want to do everything I can to help them live a happy, full life, which is why we are so excited to now be sponsored by Embrace Pet Insurance. Yay! Embrace Pet Insurance offers customized plans for your pet's exact needs. Cat person, dog people, they have plans for you. Did you folks know that vet care prices have increased by 33% just in one year? That's from 2022 to 2023. Oh, wow. I know. That sounds like a lot. I know that some people out there think that pet insurance is too expensive or it's not really needed. But trust me, when you're facing a huge vet bill and choosing Mm -hmm. between your budget and your pet's health, you Mm. really, really are going to wish you had insurance, Mm -hmm. like what just happened with us. And Embrace is actually very affordable, by the way. Recently, we had a little bit of a kerfuffle with Jake's cat, Mama, who, in case you didn't know, is the mama to three of my kitties. She just had an extremely pricey series of medical procedures, and you know what that's like. Mm -hmm. When your cat is sick or your pet is sick and you go to the vet, you just like basically take out the card and say whatever it takes Mm -hmm. because you want your pet to get well. So the minute I found out about Embrace, I texted Jake and I said, you need to look into pet insurance with Embrace right away. With Embrace Pet Insurance, you can visit any vet or emergency clinic. And if you have multiple pets to insure, you are eligible for a 10% multi-pet discount. Plus, they have a 24-7 helpline and optional wellness rewards program to make sure that you prioritize that preventative care for your pet. So hopefully you never even have to use Embrace Pet Insurance to begin with. By the way, yes, Mama has fully recovered and she is doing okay. But in the future, hopefully there will be pet insurance to ensure that those incredible costs are helped. And just the regular costs too. My parents have pet insurance for Ralphie. Absolutely. Here's a testimonial from someone else. They said Embrace made such a tremendous difference in my life. I could make decisions for my dog without thinking about my own needs. I could give him whatever the vet suggested he'd need, thinking of only how best to help him. Every part of the process was easy, from getting a pre-existing condition screening to making claims to being reimbursed. And every person that I spoke to at Embrace was compassionate and professional. My advice is to get coverage early and get it from Embrace. And I couldn't agree more. And if you need more testimonials, go check out their website. They have an incredibly high rating for a reason. Mm. People love Embrace Pet Insurance. So don't wait for the unexpected to happen. Join the massive community of pet owners who trust Embrace Pet Insurance to protect their pet. Head to EmbracePetInsurance.com slash DateDateline and sign up for pet insurance today. Make sure you go to embracepetinsurance.com forward slash date dateline or else they won't know that we sent you. And there's no reason not to try now because Embrace has a 30-day money-back guarantee as long as you haven't filed a claim. So what are you waiting for? Embrace your pet and go check out Embrace Pet Insurance and see if it's right for you and your furry friends. Aww. Thank you so much, Embrace. Thank you, Embrace. Now, I can't promise that you'll live as long as those know-it-alls in the blue zone if you use Thrive, but you might look like you will. Oh, yeah. You're going to look younger and you're going to be thriving. You'll have blue zone energy while living in a beige zone. With a blue zone face. Yeah. Now, Katie always gets to talk about Thrive, so I'm super excited that it's my turn. Everyone has heard us talk about the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. 
that my sister-in-law fell in love with so much that she used it instead of fake lashes at her wedding. And mm-hmm. she uses it every day and has the subscription. So it comes to her every three months or something like that. But today I want to talk about the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlighter stick that brightens your eyes. You put it in the inner corner and your eyes pop. You don't look tired for your Patreon live stream, even though you were up late before writing a recap about a principal in Florida who hypnotizes students. Yep. I also put it on my lids, so it's like a all-in-one. So it's like eyeshadow as well, because I'm lazy. I need as few steps as possible. I need to put no more than three or four things. Thrive has your number, and they have products for you. Mm-hmm. The Brilliant Eye Brightener has more than 10,000 five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. We also love Thrive because it's certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free beauty products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients with no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates without compromising performance. And causes in the name for a reason. It's part of their mission. Every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive such as those battling domestic abuse homelessness Mm -hmm. cancer and more you have to try thrive cosmetics and see for yourself and you're going to feel really good that you're also supporting a good cause also p.s i do love the sunscreen i wear it every single day it is like a primer sunscreen i can't recommend it enough it's like a pore filler magical i don't know what is in that sunscreen but just magic it's so good thank you thrive for that right now you can get an exclusive 20 percent off your first order when you go to thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline that's thrive cosmetics c-a-u-s-e-m-e-t-i-c-s dot com slash date dateline for 20 percent off your first order Woo! Let's get thriving, folks. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to look into that subscription for my sister and my niece. That's a good gift. Because they're going through the balm. Oh, the balm, the lip balm. They're going mm-hmm. through the lip balm and they're going through the mascara yeah. like gangbusters. It's out of control. Yeah. We're, we have Thrive households around here. We really do. Thank you, Thrive. We Thank love you, Thrive. you. Thank you for supporting our show. We so appreciate it. We do. And we love your products. We do. So... Everyone in the family seems very excited at the wedding. Everyone in her family is saying, we are so excited to have such a great new son-in-law in Stephen, which is very odd considering what happens shortly after. But this is at the wedding. They all just kept saying, we're so excited Stephen's part of the family, except for one person. And you've already met that person. And that person is Brandy. No, Brandy wasn't <laughs> invited to the wedding. She's just ran track with him 10 years ago. I'm talking about Uncle Ed. Uncle Ed did not attend the wedding. (gasps) He did not approve of this whirlwind relationship with stalker Steve. He felt like it was way too quick and Jennifer jumped out of the skillet and into the frying pan, which is, I think, the first time I've heard that expression on Dateline. Maybe so. Sounds like Dennis. Uncle Ed's a little bit of drama. He is. He was like, he doesn't go because he doesn't approve. That's a lot. That there's nothing wrong with Stephen. If he was like a ex-con or something, like some of these people on Love After Lockup and their family has an issue with it. And you're thinking, okay, they've been in jail 15 times for armed robbery. I have an issue with you marrying them. But Steve, there's nothing wrong with Stephen. Where does Uncle Ed fall in the child lineup? Yeah, I don't know. But he he needs couples to court for like 15 years, I think, before 
they get married. He has a he would not like my parents' love story who got engaged on their second date. No. Uncle Ed has a huge problem with my parents. Or mine and Oliver's. There you go. Exactly. But hold a minute because it feels really odd to me that Ed seems to be kind of he doesn't seem to be talking that great about the family, but then at the same time he seems to be kind of the standard bearer of the family. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where Yeah, it's very strange. I'm not going because this isn't right. They should be staying for longer. And exactly. then he's the one telling us about the family every night for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And later another... on, he says, you know, their family just wasn't like what we were used to. Right. He and seems kind of to... judgy about Stephen's family. Does he feel like he's sort of... He feels better than them, but at the same time, he has... He's breaking with the ranks he's... to clearly do these interviews, to right? To go on Dateline. He's our only interview. Exactly. Okay. I don't it's know. very strange. Uncle Ed's he got has a some lot issues. going on. Yes, Uncle Ed has some issues. So Stephen and Jennifer bought a house on Horseshoe Drive, hence the title, and it's just down the block from her family, which I'm surprised it isn't like an attached house or something Mm -hmm. or in their basement. So Rob says, Rob Stafford, the host, says it's not just corn that grows quickly in Illinois. And I should point that half of his interviews, he is standing in front of a cornfield like he has just walked out of it like children of the corn. I think it's his only B-roll. Is it is. It's him at nighttime in nighttime. a cornfield. Cornfield adjacent. Cornfield. So creepy. Okay. So he says it's not just corn that grows quickly in Illinois. Their family grew too because Jennifer got pregnant. Oh, boy. Very quickly. So Stephen's mom was excited and thought, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe she's fine. And yeah, I'm glad I didn't say anything. You're going to regret that yeah. soon. So that's rough, though. That's horrible. So a horrible situation to be in. But quickly after Jennifer got pregnant, suddenly Jennifer and her family wanted nothing to do with Alex, Stephen's daughter. They would make comments that his daughter Alex wasn't really part of the family. Now, before they had treated his daughter like a blood relative, like they embraced her. But now that Jennifer's pregnant with the heir to the Skinner throne or whatever, like mm-hmm. has their genes, their glorious genes. Now Alex is rejected. And it really hurt Alex's feelings that they stopped being nice to her. And Stephen was also feeling like he had been kicked out of the inner circle, the family circle, like and yeah. meet the parents. It's just like he was in and then he was out. And he thought maybe it's just a hormonal thing because Jennifer was pregnant and it would get better, but it only got worse. After their baby girl, Sydney, was born, Stephen barely got to see his daughter. Jennifer would take her to her mom's house with the grandmas and the cousins and everybody, and she would be there all day. She would bathe Sydney there. She would feed her there. And she wouldn't bring her home until nighttime when it was already bedtime. And then she would do the whole thing again the next day. So Stephen, like, never got to spend any waking hours with his daughter. That's real weird. It's so bizarre. Okay. And it got so bad that Stephen said to his mom, the only way I'm going to get to spend time with my daughter is to get a divorce and get official visitation rights. That's how bad it was. Oh, boy. That's insane. And so he files for divorce and custody of Sydney. And that very day, when Jennifer found out what he did, 
she calls Child Protective Services and accuses him of doing horrible things to Sydney and Alex. What is wrong with these women on Dateline that always do this? That is the lowest of the low. I can't. It's really, really bad. Desperation? I. It's horrible. horrible it's diabolical. Decision making. It's wicked. I, it's really not good. It's not good for the children. It's really bad. It's not good for actual victims. It's horrible. It's really so bad. The department, of course, investigates and they find that Stephen did absolutely nothing wrong. Totally unfounded accusations. But she still wouldn't let him see Sydney. And finally, a judge had to get involved and said, you have to let him see your child. And so he would get to see Sydney occasionally. He would even invite Jennifer to come because he wanted to show her how good life could be if the four of them were like a family together. Like he's still trying to be with this woman who accused him of abusing your children. That's insane. That's that just shows hurts. how nice guy he is. It really hurts. And just desperate to make a family work. But it didn't work. And she and the family still kept Sydney away from him. They would do anything to let him not see her. They would say, Sydney's sick. She can't hang out with you today. They would lie. He f- once brought the police with him to force them to actually let him see Sydney. So one hmm. night, Stephen goes to Jennifer's to pick up the baby. And within minutes, Jennifer is calling 911 oh, saying, boy. my grandmother needs help. My husband that I'm divorcing tried to come after her and he's on the floor shot. I need an ambulance for my grandma. He came after her and pushed her out of the way and then he tried to come after me and the baby. And the 911 caller is like, wait, your husband's been shot, but you're calling for your grandma? What's wrong with your grandma? And Jennifer says, I think she's having heart trouble and she's crying hysterically on the 911 call. Yeah, she is. The police and the EMTs arrive and they EMTs try to take care of Shirley, but it appears that she's fine. There's nothing wrong with her. But Stephen is dead. He's been shot on the floor. No one is concerned. He did not get a call to 911. Wow. And he's been shot in the back of the head. Back of the head. Shirley says, is he dead? I shot him. He shouldn't have come back here. So the police try to ask her more questions like, you shot him? Why did you shoot him? But before they can ask any questions, her lawyer is on the phone saying you can't talk to her, which looks shady, but it's very smart. Ask for a lawyer. Smart. But Jennifer, Shirley? 75. Okay. So Jennifer also calls a lawyer. And the grandpa, who was also in the house at the time, refuses to talk as well without his lawyer. So no one's talking. It's not that they're not willing to talk without their lawyer. They're not willing to talk, period. Their lawyer is shutting down all communications. Not They're not being interviewed by the police. Okay. Yeah. There's no signs of struggle except for a sconce on the wall is hanging. But there's no human DNA on the sconce. So there's no proof that the sconce was broken that day. And they're just saying the word sconce a lot. Like 17 times they're saying the word sconce. Yeah, they do say sconce I was ensconced in sconces. So the first, I don't know if that's the right word. What did you try to say? I think ensconced means like surrounded by, embraced in Oh, there you go. Okay. To be securely snuggled in or something. That's not really right then. We're just going to. I know it from Seinfeld because George said he liked to be ensconced in velvet. (laughs) And he meant snuggled securely. That's So 
The first responders say that Grandma Shirley has no injuries and she doesn't look disheveled at all, even though she was supposedly knocked down by Stephen. Stephen, however, shot once in the back of the head. He had no weapon on him. Now, the chief of the town has never handled a murder before, but he thinks it's a murder, but he is very inexperienced on it, which will come into play later. It was the talk of the small town gossip mill, only 700 people. Most of the people in the town thought that Stephen is a great guy and wouldn't have incited violence. Uh. But some people think, oh, he must. It's just, the town is split. Who pulled the trigger? Was it Jennifer or was it Shirley? Even though Shirley admitted to it, could it have been Jennifer? Now, they it seems test- hard to believe that it would be Shirley. Because she's 75? Yeah. That's ageist. They test the gun, but there are no fingerprints on it. So it was clear. So someone wiped it, right? Absolutely. That's my thought. They don't do a gunshot residue test. That is bad. That's a huge mistake. That would have shown who shot it. There's no blood spatter on any person, though. There's like literally nothing. They have no evidence. Investigators learn that Jennifer, they're, they, Jennifer, they're very suspicious of Jennifer, even though Shirley confessed to shooting him. And they're saying it was self-defense, that he came in and attacked them. But they are very suspicious of the whole thing. Well, they, wouldn't you be? Absolutely. I would be incredibly suspicious that this older woman is trying to take the rap, thinking that she'll get off if it goes to trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems logical, That a very tight family, that's what you would do. Mm -hmm. And she'd be the most likely to get off, more likely than grandpa. Mm -hmm. She's the most likely. Investigators look into Jennifer's past and they learn that she was married before. Mm -hmm. Uncle Ed said it didn't last long because she always had to have her way. So this guy divorced her. And Ed says, I didn't blame him at all. Uncle Ed hates Jennifer. Now it's, I mean, it's crystal clear. It's getting clearer and clearer. We suspected it before, but now it is clear that Uncle Ed hates Jennifer. Yeah. And I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. The ex described to the police an us against them mentality with her family. Boy. Which is very creepy. Jennifer had felt like she was losing control at that time. There was another hearing about Stephen getting more visitation of the baby, and he was killed the night before the hearing. Dun, dun. Wow. Come on. There you go. I mean... Jennifer's mom had even hired a PI to follow Stephen around the night he was killed, hoping to get some dirt on him that they could use the next day at the hearing. Like the baby was crying or he didn't buckle the car seat or he just started doing crack while he was driving the baby down the road or something. I don't know what they were hoping to get. He was like having sex with a sex worker while driving the car and the baby was in the backseat and he's smoking crack. They're trying to get him on literally anything. Yeah. Oh, the baby was crying. He must be horrible. Well, crying, but the car seat's a big one. Sure. If he wasn't doing that correctly and they've got pictures of it, that's That big. could do something, yeah. Yeah. But the night that she was supposed to have this PI follow him, she called and canceled. She said, don't come. And then two hours later, he was dead. Jennifer called and canceled. No, Jennifer's mom. Who's Jennifer's mom? Shirley's daughter. Why don't we get her name? I don't know. I'm sure we did at one point. I'm going to call her Brenda. So Brenda called and canceled the PI that she had hired, which makes me think she totally knew they had other plans. Yes. And didn't want the PI there. Yeah. 
So Uncle Ed gives us more dirt on Jennifer. He says she's a spoiled brat. Spoiled rotten brat. Excuse me. And he goes, I know that's a pretty harsh statement. Yeah. yeah, To make about your niece on TV. Yes. Yes. He says the world revolved around Jennifer. The family catered to her. Jennifer lived like a princess. She was the firstborn granddaughter. They dressed her up like a doll when she would go to church. She was treated like a princess. The grandma doted on her. She everyone doted on her. And she was always dressed to kill. Jennifer has a dark side, like a monster coming out of a closet, which sounds suspiciously like a frogger. (laughs) That sounds a lot like a frogger. You're right. Jennifer has a frogger inside of her that sometimes comes out out of the closet. And he says it gets very ugly if she doesn't get her way. She thinks that she can control anybody and everybody. And if she doesn't get her way, she throws a fit and life is miserable. She sounds real pleasant. She sounds real. I get now why they let her move a block away. What do you mean? I would leave the house. That's fine. Yeah. We could all do with a little space from Jennifer. Well, I don't know. She's there every second. Yeah, that's true. Then she just she's comes taking over. the baby in the morning yeah. to bathe mm-hmm. and I mean at night to bathe and then. No, during the day too. She and then just, all day long. All day for long. Every, yeah. yeah. Wow. Does it also feel like we're missing part of this story again where there had to be some sort of blow up? Was it really just the baby was born and she just flipped the switch it was before and is like, that. I don't want you here. Before the baby was born, when she got pregnant. It was almost like that's all that they wanted from him. That's all that the family wanted. Rosemary's baby. Yeah, Rosemary's baby. Okay. Fully. I think Jennifer has issues. I think she has baggage. And I don't even think the baggage she has could fit in my large base weekender bag. And Ooh. that thing is huge. Yeah. I'd personally recommend she check her baggage in the 26-inch check-in roller in Atlas Pink. Yeah. I'm working on my baggage with a therapist, so mine currently fits in the weekender. Maybe eventually I'll fit it all in the belt bag, which is like a very chic fanny pack. Ooh. Can you tell that we feel super fancy to be sponsored by Base? Can you I feel tell like it's an honor. It is an honor. I feel better about myself now that we're sponsored by Base. I look at that bag all the time. It's good for your self-esteem. I'm thinking about getting it in a second color. I think you should. I think okay. every size. It was created by actress Shay Mitchell. Basically, I think we're best friends now because they're sponsoring this podcast. We are. They make chic and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories so you can travel in style but also in comfort. They have 360-degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle. Yeah. And I need that. I have sensitive hands. Uh-huh. Built-in weight indicator, washable bags for all your dirty clothes, tons of interior pockets. The thing I love about the Weekender is it has a separate place for your shoes in case you have sweaty, stinky feet. Keep that separate. Or your hair dryer. Or your hair dryer. You can put your hair dryer in there. It's just so smart. It's really smart. Every piece is made to look better with miles. So don't be afraid to use it. You can check it. You can shove it in the overhead compartment. It's still going to look good. Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash date dateline. Go to basetravel.com slash date dateline for 15% off your first purchase. And that's spelled B-E-I-S travel.com slash date dateline it's the base for all of your travel needs it's the base for cool 
travel. It's the basest. It is. It's the be- it's the basest and the bestest. Thank you so much, Base. We love you, Base. And a great way to support our podcast is by checking out Base bags and get one for yourself. Absolutely. Send us pictures. Bring them to CrimeCon in September. Katie, Jennifer has an attitude problem that sometimes the beautiful and the people with beautiful hair are afflicted with. Yeah, they do make a lot of comments about her hair in this. But her hair can't be that great unless she's using pros. Mm-hmm. Most of you have probably heard us singing the praises of pros on this podcast, and they're truly custom made-to-order hair care. Switching to a custom routine from pros is one of the best things that I have done for my hair. I have been so pleased with my shampoo, conditioner, pre-shampoo mask treatment, mm-hmm. and now leave-in conditioner. I love the leave-in conditioner. It's fantastic. It doesn't weigh your hair down and doesn't make it oily. Leave-in conditioners either do nothing at all or they make it oily in my opinion. I totally agree. Pros has got it down. And the reason that they have this down, Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started and how I know that all of my formulations are just for me. The consultation is broken down into parts like your actual hair and scalp, what they're about, treatments, and styling. So what you have done to your hair, perms, keratin treatments, and how you style it. Do you Uh use a blow dryer? Do you use a hot iron? And then lifestyle questions about your diet, your major life changes that can affect your hair. Surprise, surprise. And then at the very end, they ask you references and hair goals, which I can just say every time, it's my mom. My hair goal is my mom mm-hmm. because it's a cruel, cruel genetic joke that happened <laughs> to me. My mom has just that best, heavy, pretty hair that she can like put up in the ponytail and then takes it down from the ponytail but without the bump. Oh. What's that? Yeah, I didn't get that. What I got is what was lovingly referred to when I was young as a child as chicken fuzz by my family. So chicken fuzz, no more. Because of pros. Chicken fuzz. I'll send you a picture. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals with every single wash. I'm coming for you, mom. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which helps me a lot. I do a lot of changes. And mm-hmm. you can tweak your formulas for whatever reason. If you change up your address, your hair color, your diet, which I do all three of those often... And I just got another cholesterol report. So apparently a change of diet is on my horizon now. Oh, gosh. To which I have this to say. They can take my cheese fries, but they can <laughs> never take my personalized pros hair care. That's beautiful. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. And you can check all that out on pros.com in the about us section. And if you're not 100% positive, pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. So what are you waiting for? Custom made to order hair care from pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Because there's no time like the present to strike a pros. Pros, 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 pros. Thank, Thank you, you so pros. much, Pros. Pros has been one of our most loyal supporters, and we so appreciate you. We do. They're making my hair great. 
I know. It smells so good. I know. It really does. It really does. So Uncle Ed has more hot takes. No. He can't. He literally says what he thinks. He's not just saying my niece Jennifer is a bisque anymore. He's like, she's a full-on murderer. So he thinks my mom, Shirley, did not do it. That it was actually Jennifer that pulled the trigger. It was Jennifer's gun. And well, the whole family kind of had a motive because this was like very family oriented. Jennifer obviously had the most motive. Uh And he thinks, okay, if Shirley did it, if my mom did it, it was because of Jennifer. Jennifer must have set up the whole thing. Well, that's what what Uncle Ed thinks. Also, now it makes sense why he's talking so badly about her is that he really doesn't want his mom to have done this. uh Mm Uh-huh. And he says basically everyone in the family was wrapped around Jennifer's finger and Jennifer lived with them for years, 24 hours a day. And now since the, you know, the whole thing getting all weird, she was there all the time anyways. She, they lived with her and her mouth, he says. They lived with Jennifer and her mouth 24 hours a day. And she won't stop talking when she has a problem with someone. She is so annoying when she is passionate. This is Uncle Ed saying this. Wow. She talked constantly about her problems with Stephen and how she was she needed custody and she didn't want him to have custody. And so everyone in the town is still split. Uncle Ed is not split at all. Uncle Ed is very clear thoughts. We do meet a local reporter who wrote about this for the local paper and because good for them, they have their own paper even though 700 Bruce. people. Bruce. Bruce. I will be talking about him in Fashion Police. Great. So he said he interviewed a lot of people and they were very split still. Ten months after Stephen was killed, an arrest was made in Florida where Jennifer and Grandma Shirley had gone to live with the baby. Where's so Grandpa? Was, I don't know if Grandpa came or if Jennifer's mom came. It seems like they're splitting up the family at this point, which that family all lived together in that compound. In that tiny town. But also, Florida seems like a great place for this this family. Seems like they should have been in Florida. All They had Florida energy the whole time. Let's get some good into... Keep those people out of Florida. Let Florida... Florida has some, enough problems. Yeah. I don't want Florida, these people near my Melissa. She is, she can't be near these people. Yeah. She can't, she can't deal with it. So I'm talking about Melissa from Moms and Mysteries and all of our beautiful listeners in Florida who are not Florida, the Florida people you think of. That are not this. They're not this. So these people seem like they belong in Florida. Mm-hmm. So who was arrested? Well, just you wait, Alexander Hamilton. No, we have to wait for a commercial break, and then we come right back, and we find out they arrested. Wait, stop. Who did you think it was? I thought it was going to be Jennifer. I thought it was both. Oh, I thought it could be both, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's Shirley. Why? The religious grandmother matriarch. And the prosecutors believe that Stephen came and they said, no, the baby's sick. You can't have her. You can't see her. And they and he said, you're just trying to get me to not see her. And they said, come in and look for yourself. He walked in the house and he walked past Shirley and she shot him in the back of the head. First responders had she had said to first responders, I did it. I killed him. Which I thought was a lie, to be honest. Right. I thought Shirley was lying. First responders had seen two marks on her hand right where the gun would be, right where the gun would like 
discharge like they said if you're holding the gun incorrectly these two the little yeah, chamber will go can kind of over your cut hands you or leave marks on your hands yeah so they and they matched up perfectly so she they think she was the shooter they think shirley had been planning to kill him because it comes forward that a month or two before they shirley had offered ten thousand dollars to two men that worked at her company to cap this guy Stephen, and rob stafford says this little old grandma said to cap this guy she said to cap i was so floored by this were you surprised by this so i was surprised shocked. and one employee said i thought she was joking because she's like a grandma and but she goes i'm not joking i'm serious i want you to cap him kimber i everyone, was so surprised yeah everyone thought that this nice christian 75 year old woman who used to own a daycare would ne would never talk about capping someone so what? but this is her family and she'll do whatever it takes to protect the family this is and bananas. so prosecutors believe that she did it but they don't believe that she acted alone they believe that it was a family plan that jennifer maybe her plan. mom metro pcs <laughs> <laughs> join our family plan Two murders for what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You would need the biggest family plan for this family because you yeah. know they're all on the same family plan. They are. But they're probably paying nothing, isn't it, when you like add a yeah, billion Yeah, you have lines. a bunch of lines, yeah. But the problem is they have no DNA. They have no gunshot residue. They have no recorded statements. They just have the first responder's word that she said I did it because they all lawyered up. And mm -hmm. the marks on her hand were never photographed. So you also only have the first responders word that they saw those marks on her hand. Oh, boy. So there's not a lot for a jury to see. So they offer her a plea deal. But her family was so confident that she will get off that she turned down the plea deal and went to trial. Big mistake. Huge. I would have, too. I have to say. I She's 76, 7 at this point? 78? Yeah. So she's charged with first-degree murder and two counts of solicitation for murder, a.k.a. capping someone for 10 grand. Wow. Also, I did take the liberty of adding 10 grand to the spreadsheet that anyone can add to. It is on our website under extras, and there is a Hitman spreadsheet, and anyone can click on it, and you just put in where, how much, who the person was. So I put employees, 10,000 and I put to split between two people question mark because it's not clear if it was she offered each of them 10,000 or said whoever does it gets 10,000 or if you both do it you split the 10,000 I wasn't sure but is 10,000 a median where 10,000 is on the lower middle middle okay yeah it's not a lot human but lives for, are not but valued. for rural Illinois right you got to mm -hmm. take it to account location. Yeah, that's what the spreadsheet is for, to yeah. see if it costs more in big cities, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So and please go and add to these spreadsheets. They're awesome. Thank you, August. Liv created the spreadsheets. August put them on the website. Thank you, Liv and August. So the trial only lasts for four days, which is, I think, like the shortest trial. I mean, I think even like a little fender bender is like four days. That's crazy. Yeah. So Shirley's lawyers said there's no evidence. And when she said I shot him to the EMT, she was having a medical emergency. So you can't really take what she was saying seriously. Now, there's no 
proof that I think she had any medical emergency whatsoever. I'm sure she was disoriented and confused and stressed by what had just happened after she murdered someone. But And because you didn't call the EMTs to the stand, we can't get any kind of confirmation that there was actually a medical emergency taking place. You're just telling us that, but you're not calling them to the stand. So No, we don't the prosecution did. Prosecution called the EMTs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, so then when the, the defense... defense didn't call any witnesses. But when the defense questioned them, did they find out that it was indeed a medical emergency? Because they said they were just holding her hand. Yeah, they like, were just holding her hand. I don't, there's no, it didn't say they took her to the hospital or anything. She, she wasn't had, they on said oxygen. She had no injuries. Yeah. Okay. And she wasn't disheveled from being pushed down. So, okay. Yeah. They point to Jennifer. The defense points to Jennifer and says she must have done it. But they don't outright say it. They're kind of just like, well, Jennifer, because they don't want to point the, totally the finger at Jennifer, you know, because it's Shirley's granddaughter. That would I'm sure Shirley, Shirley said well. no. So they're just like, well, Jennifer's, if someone had a motive, it would probably be Jennifer. But that's all we're going to say on the matter. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer doesn't even attend the trial. Maybe they told her not to, like she would be distracting or I don't know. But that seems. You think so? I don't, it seems gross that she did It seems gross. It seems really ungrateful. Yeah. And they call no defense witnesses. The jurors thought Shirley was the lawyer at first because she looked so nice and put together and they didn't think she could be a murderer if she looks like a grandma. Mm-hmm. The police investigation sucked. They really got no physical evidence. If they had done a gunshot residue test, that would have proven some of this. They were just trying to prove... That it wasn't self-defense, really, and it was murder. They just didn't have a lot. It was a lot of circumstantial stuff. But a lot. The jury deliberates for 90 minutes, including lunch. How long is lunch? Like an hour? Wow. So 50 minutes at yeah, least. Yeah. Okay. So they talked for like 40 minutes, and they find her guilty of murder. I was shocked again. I was shocked, but I was really glad because I think it was murder. But I don't know. I'm not totally convinced Shirley did it. I'm not, I'm not either. I think that, that the, honestly, the plan it. was to say that Shirley was going to take the fall because there was no way that probably they'd even charge her. Right. Because she would say it was self-defense and she's a sweet little 75-year-old lady. Oh, boy, did they play that wrong. Yeah. Oh, boy, folks. So Stephen's family comes outside the courtroom and they're cheering justice for Stephen. Yeah, they they're are. They're so excited. Yeah. Ed was shocked. He thought his mom would be found innocent. She gets 55 years. Wow. Sorry, 75. The plea deal she turned down was nine years. Wow. Yeah, that's got a sting. Now, Ed says it's horrible to see my mom behind bars, but he had split from the family by talking publicly about Jennifer. Also, I did a little research and there was like a grand jury, a couple grand juries to try to indict Shirley, and he would testify like against the family and stop talking to the family because they were all saying, no, it was self-defense. No one did. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he's like, no, they did it. But he really thought Jennifer was the mastermind and probably the shooter. So he definitely split from the family. He says, Jennifer made this bed and she needs to sleep in it. And then Ed says, and you were like, and now I'm rooting for Ed. I was on Ed's side because it takes a lot to go against your family and to talk badly about them when you think they're wrong. And we're used to seeing family members in denial. But then Ed really lost me because he starts talking really badly about Stephen's family. Not and really. 
I mean, he does it in a way that's really detestable, which is kind of a backhanded insult. Backhanded, condescending. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so he letting says, you know about his family, but trying to do it in a way that is giving an example, but it's messed up. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. So he says, Jennifer knew what she was getting into when she married into this family. And she had to think in the back of her mind, she's going to be with these people for the rest of her life. And Rob says, wait, so you're talking about Stephen's family? What's wrong with these people? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, Stephen's family, they're just a little bit different than we are. You know, we don't believe in drinking and we don't believe in smoking. And the host, Rob Stafford, rises to mank level. Yeah, here we because go. Because he says... Well, you have guns in your house, and Stephen was shot in the back of the head in your house by your mom. And Ed is saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Rob says, so it's pretty hard for you to be sitting here criticizing somebody else. In judgment. In judgment. Mm -hmm. And Ed says, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And I was clapping. I was like, go, Rob. If that was Mank, I would have said, you just got Manked. Yeah. So now it's going to be, you just got staffed. <laughs> no, that. That sounds weird. Like you got a staff infection. Yeah, it sounds bad. You just got a staff infection. <laughs> that might work. A Stafford infection. The Stafford host experiment. No, <laughs> terrible. Okay, none of that works. At least he backs down quickly. He does. He says, oh, yeah, I know. Like, he basically says, I know it's hypocritical. You had to know that was poor form, Uncle Ed. And you did it anyways. And it doesn't make you look any better. It really makes you look worse. Yeah, it makes the whole family look worse because you know they share those same views. Uh-huh. And because they all were raised in this cult-like atmosphere, and they really did feel like holier than thou, like they were better than everyone else in the town. And now it leads me to, okay, this sort of got rocky right from the start, right? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think that there were things that happened at the wedding, and that's where it started. Oh, like they were thinking, Stephen's so great. We're so grateful to be have him as a son-in-law. Wait, is his cousin drunk? Yeah, are they drinking? Wait, are they having cigars outside? Wait, is this the is that right? Are they dirty dancing? Did that they person want just request music? a Jaw Rule song? Right. I'm wondering if that's where the breakdown started happening, and then Jennifer sort of nursed that. Jennifer mm-hmm. does seem to have a lot of power in the family, and so it feels like then she used that little bit to mm-hmm. like turn the family. Yeah. Or it was a Rosemary's Baby situation, and they were just trying to From get her the impregnated. Yeah. But then you didn't have to get him married, but I know they're religious, so they did uh-huh. have to get him married. But it's one of those families, I think, where we see them a lot on Dateline, the really religious families. And I'm not saying anything about normal religious people. I'm talking about the extreme, extreme religious people who believe that drinking and smoking are wrong, but murder is kind of okay if it's justified. God wants you to do it. Or just sitting in judgment of other people's vices. Right. Just, it's totally fine, even though you're not supposed to judge. Let's just not. So Uncle Ed thinks Jennifer planned this, but it was planned so poorly. He said, I think my mom and Jennifer, they ruined the whole family. I don't think they planned it out as good as what they should have if they were going to do something like that. Is like basically saying I could have murdered better. 100%. It was like right there. Keep they going, murdered Uncle bad. Ed. 
They should have asked me because I, I would have had ideas. this I've clean as a whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Not that they should murder anybody, but Mm-mm. like, let's just say they were going to. I have ideas. And Ed they, is the only one that agreed to talk to Dateline. No surprise. Well, actually, it is quite surprising. Mm-hmm. And Stephen's parents are raising Alex. Good. They fought for custody of Sydney and they finally got it, which is amazing. But then a judge ruled she was a neglected child and she was sent to live with a aunt and uncle. And they it. were given guardianship. I got it. Okay. What happened there? I got it. Jennifer has supervised visitation. And also, they're showing photos of both of the children, which I found very strange that their photos were not blurred out. Yeah, that was... Which means sort that of they the are end, okay with it. We're seeing, yeah, more, too. I was surprised. I'm sorry. I'm more surprised that you're not talking about Runt, that they Runt, he Runt. <laughs> Is that she what you runt said? the family. Spoiled? And then together, they Runt that <laughs> I didn't know he said it twice and it's very clearly runt. I was ensconced in my feelings about he said runt like he's a like Amish? a Shakespearean scholar runt I like it there was a t instead of an ed when I'm gonna feel fancy I'm gonna start doing that okay I love it what why did they lose custody of her oh I'll tell you keep going all right I'm done that's the end? Yeah. Okay. Outside information. Beep, 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 beep. This comes from Illinois. This comes from the Illinois Times in an article entitled The Faces of Jennifer Watkins. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Oh, it's by Bruce. It's by Bruce <gasps> oh, Rushton. Bruce. Here we go. So this is Bruce's big article. So it talks about basically she got, they talk a little bit at the end of the episode about how the grandparents finally got custody. That was a huge thing. I'm sure. Because she got arrested for not giving them their custody rights. What? Not surprised. Yeah. Jennifer gets arrested and serves time. And during that time is the little one Sydney is taken. Wow. Yeah. And so that's when the neglectful charges come down. It's bad. It's really bad. She went to Florida. That was all fine. She was sort of hiding out from the grandparents, and there was a warrant out for her arrest, but the people in Florida have enough to deal with, so, like, they weren't going to go and arrest her. They weren't going to do that whole extraditing on child charges because they have enough going on in Florida. Like, Florida's busy with crime. Yeah. But then she moves to Massachusetts, and that's where they get her. They get her in Massachusetts, apparently has more time on their hands to go after her for these charges. But she went to Massachusetts because she got engaged. And by the way, Ed is also interviewed in this article. Oh, yeah, he is. I wonder if Ed and Bruce are friends. So she meets this guy, Tom, and he's up for in an unbelievable amount of fraud charges. (gasps) It's crazy. And like maybe attempted murder. There's a lot of stuff going on with him. He has his own dateline. It's a match made in heaven. He's his own dateline. And so... Giampa recently, I'm going to read verbatim, Giampa recently pleaded guilty in a massive insurance fraud scheme based in Florida and is facing a maximum sentence of five years. He previously had been accused of a suspected murder for hire scheme, but was not formally charged. Asked about the fraud case, Jennifer Watkins proves reluctant to talk. I'm not going to comment on that, Watkins says during a phone interview. Tom is a wonderful man. Things that have happened to you do not define you. He is an amazing father and amazing companion. Mm -hmm. Within an hour, Watkins calls back 
the relationships, he says, is over. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is an amazing article. Those things do define him. Sydney is my number one priority, no matter who or what is in my life. So I'm guessing that it looks really, really bad that you're in prison and this guy is also going to prison. And so... Basically, it looks really bad if someone's going to go for custody of Sid- Sydney. That this was your, this is the guy that you're going to get out to be with. This guy on fraud charges. Oh my right? god! You can't do that. So, anyways, it's a. Oh my goodness! On November 22nd, Giampa pleaded guilty in a 175 million dollar fraud case. <gasps> oh my god! Whoa! Oh my goodness! Co-conspirators bilked insurance companies via crooked physicians, kickbacks, and bogus prescriptions for drugs. That cost as much as $31,000 for a single tube of cream to treat skin ailments. <gasps> Apostrophe would never do that. Never. They were, oh my gosh, they were like working through like crooked doctors. Florida, what's going on? Crooked doctors, Oxycontin, pill farms. Okay, this is bananas. Anyways, regardless. Um, so it's not like she got off scot-free because she did wind up in some trouble after this, which yeah. is good to know. No, but I she mean, should have I, gone away for murder, though. Why is she so anti the grandparents? She went to prison for it. Why was she so anti Stephen? I don't know. This family—they are the us. They are the others. They drink. They smoke. They are bad people. We are a cult. I, by the way, yeah. Just oh, I'm going to talk about that. The clearing. I watched the clearing. They're like the clearing. Me too. I finished it. Anyways. It's a lot. And I'm wondering, we do meet Stephen's sister, and I'm wondering if she is the aunt and uncle. Yeah, probably. That yeah. Sydney is yeah, living with. They don't mater- tell us paternal. where she is, but regardless, it's great. Wow. That was a lot. She's a nightmare. She's the potential. And nothing is her fault. Future dateline. Yeah. She, nothing she said, is her fault. This yeah. is like a lot of blaming the something. judge. Yeah. It's a lot oh, of. Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of a lot. And also, I'm going to have to read through this carefully, but doesn't seem a lot about being upset about her mom being in prison. Her grandma. Sorry, her grandma being in prison. Yeah, no, she doesn't think about other people besides herself. No, That's it basically what Ed told us. It definitely does not. It definitely doesn't seem that way. Yeah. Someone who does think about others is our Patreon, Carolyn from Oklahoma. I have been meaning to give you a shout out for so long. Thank you so much for being a Patreon of ours. You have ruined other people for us because... Oh, because of your greatness, it has been ruined. It's been spoilt and ruined. Spoilt. Ruined. <laughs> I would walk through cornfields just to 500 miles through cornfields. Yep. We would go through a corn maze looking for you, find and you, corn and bring you out safely. mazes actually terrify me. So, yeah. But and that so- just shows how much I would do it for you, Carolyn. Do they have corn mazes in Oklahoma? I would come to Oklahoma and walk through a cornfield. I bet or they wheat. Might. Wheat would also be fine. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if they have in Oklahoma. Of, and they could wail in wheat. It sure smells sweet when the wind ah. comes right behind the plane. That you know? Yeah. About? Yeah. I think it's wheat. So Thank we would come through the wheat fields, although we'd be able to see you. I want to say Oklahoma is okay, but you are A. Plus. Yes, you are. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you so, so much. Sorry, I have one more bit of outside information I need to add in here. Yeah. Prosecutors, this is I'm reading from Bruce's article, prosecutors offered to reduce Shirley Skinner's bond. 
so that she could be free pending trial. They okay. offered to do that if Jennifer would allow visits between Sydney and the Stevens' parents, the mm-hmm. grandparents. Mm-hmm. She but Jennifer refused. Yeah, that sounds right. That she would let her grandma get out of jail. No, ma'am. Grandma, you're gonna grand, you're gonna sit in jail. But you get it right, Grandma. You get it. We can't let them win. Oh, oh my monster. god. Monster. Monster, monster. Shirley monster. is languishing in there. And Jennifer's like at the mall and just I hate Jennifer. It's rough. Okay. Be Bonanza. I did want to do a new segment called What Does the Host Think? And I think it'd be fun on episodes where we're not sure, like, if we're trying to guess what the host thinks. I think it's very clear what Rob Stafford thinks. Yeah. He thinks this whole family is garbage. And he doesn't even seem to be that. He was okay with it until... Until that moment. The and then drinking had, and the smoking. Yeah. The sick. maybe Rob enjoys occasional sick. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He doesn't like to be judged. No. He has a scotch after his interviews. Sure. Yeah. B-roll bonanza. There's yes. this that ominous shot of the parking lot where they set the camera down on the ground like it's a snake. Don't do that. Don't Why do, do that. they always do that? I don't know. That up shot. It's given the parking lot a double chin. No it's one not- likes an up shot. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of reenactments in this, kind of. Did you see it? They were I- always in vignette. They had yeah. like sort of the fade out corners. Yeah. Very different style. Very different. There's a shot of Jennifer and Steven at Disneyland outside of... I think Pinocchio's Grotto. I think that's the Grotto. It just said Grotto. And I I only know the Playboy Grotto and Pinocchio's Grotto. If you have not been to Disneyland and you have small children, Pinocchio and Snow White are scarier than you think they are. Way scarier. So is Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. All of the Fantasyland rides are just a little bit darker than you think they are. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, you'll be okay. Yeah. But there's some... Also, I did. I was trying to figure out what their hats were, so I was like trying to find them online. I found them both on eBay, but also on Poshmark. They're they both said very rare. They're old school. Anyways, host in a cornfield. What about um, Stephen's family is around a table at some point because we see a steaming cup of coffee. Yeah, so they have family sit downs, normal ones. They should not be judged. Where it's not 35 people right, stuffed every into an olive night. garden. And olive garden is like, oh my God, them again. I hate when the Skinners come in. They come in every Tuesday for a dinner and a glass of wine. Sorry, two people are going to get that. It's a Taylor Swift song. Dad polishing a motorcycle. Yeah. Mom sitting on a porch. And Alex, the little girl, reading in a hammock. Can we need to talk about the mom. So which came first? The porch shot or the interview? About, sorry, what's her name? Penny. Penny Stevens' mom. I don't know. Why? Well, in one she has bangs and in one she doesn't. Oh, interesting. So did she cut bangs for the interview? Yeah. Okay. Because they couldn't have grown out that fast. I know. I was sort of like, how long did they film this for? I had a lot of questions Yeah. the bangs. No, All it right. must have been, yeah, no bangs And first. continuity. Don't yeah. cut your hair. Interesting. Don't cut your hair. 911 call. Yeah. So besides the intense font- yeah. We also were getting what we don't normally get, which is a slow shot of a gun and a bullet over yeah. and over, sort of multi-shots. Weird. Yeah, we normally get the lines of someone talking. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, we got I know that. what you're talking about. Yep. All right, let's talk about fashion police because I know you've got it. Bruce, the local reporter, mm-hmm. he has a bow tie. Two bow ties. Two bow ties mm-hmm. and a bowl cut. 
but it's Does a, he have a bow? It's a choppy, oh, hold, hold, hold. It's is a it gene a belcher. It's a gene belcher from Bob's Burgers. Haircut. It's a blunt bang. It's a blunt bang. Sure. But normal in the back. It's not a dumb and dumber. I didn't see the back. It's a normal haircut in the back. He's just cut a blunt fringe in the front. Yeah. He's got he a look He actually looks on. like a grown-up gene belcher. He looks like a reporter. No. I think reporters are one of those jobs where if you get a style, you're that. Oh, you stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Bow tie. And then Rob Stafford, at one point, I think when he's in the cornfield, is wearing a velvet jacket. Or it yeah. could be. It's, I don't think it's corduroy. I think it's velvet. It could be. I wrote it down. I thought it was velvet Gold too, dress, so. blue dress phenomenon that no, was Keith's jacket. That. Was <laughs> it velvet or corduroy? Uh, titles. Scandal of the sconce. Yeah, a sconce glance. <laughs> Secrets in the sconce glance. And a sconce glance. Rob of the corn. Reporters <laughs> of the corn. That's great. That's good. Throw, um, throw grandma from the train and into the slammer. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Throw grandma from the train and into, the, into slammer. the slammer. It's a movie. Skinner in the slammer. Yeah. No Skinner in the game. Um... Uncle Ed Jucation. Yeah. It's not that great. Yeah. Three card Monty? Yeah, I never, I didn't mention that, but yes, you're right. The reporter said it was like a game of three card Monty. Did you get any with Shirley? You had to have. Shirley, you can't be serious. Of course I didn't. Okay, I thought for sure. I'm not that good. Do you know that I just Googled the word throw, and the fourth thing that came up was throw mama from the train. Throw mama from the train. Yeah. Out of Googling. Billy Crystal's in that movie? I knew and Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. But I didn't know Billy Crystal was in that movie. Yeah. That seems below him. And um, I think it's that woman from Goonies. Yeah, I think it might be. Sorry, my only good title is Surely Not. Surely Not. <laughs> That's it. Surely it wasn't self-defense. Okay, what do you have? I know you have a special game for us. No, that's going to be after. We're going to do a new thing that I'm, we're going to try and we're going to record just us chit-chatting for like five minutes about, or ten, might go long, of what shows we're watching that week. And we're going to put it on Patreon as a separate thing. And I want to see if people like it. Because every time we mention shows lately, it gets a lot of comments on Patreon and people want to talk to us about the shows they're watching. And they want to know what we're watching. And Helps criminality, us give us an idea if you want us to cover something as well. Yeah. Criminality does it. They just always talk about what they're watching. And we love talking about TV. So we should be doing this more often. They um, do it on crime scene as well. And yeah. I'm always caught off guard and can never remember. I know. On the on the spot, it's hard to remember what you're watching. So I, I gave you a heads up this time. And I don't so, want to just say hoarders. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you can say hoarders. Every it's week it's just hoarders. It's fine. So that's going to be on Patreon, so, and we'll see if people like it, and we might do it every week, every time we record. We could just do a little five, ten-minute thing. Patreon Supercast. Love it. So, but in the meantime, for everyone, join us on social media. It's really fun. We're still trying to get Mank on threads. He is so far not given in. He's Come still on, on Twitter. But I don't. I haven't been using threads that much, but... Still on social, mostly Instagram is my favorite. Join us. Also, check out our merch, Tee Public, and go to our website. You can get the link to our shop. And that way we get a little bit of the proceeds, which we donate every month to a different charity. And it's something that we love doing. And so we and we love our merch. We have amazing people who have donated their artistry. 
So check that out. And speaking of artistry, go check out our website if you haven't and the amazing work of August. Yes. You're the best. Yes. And check out our Patreon and Supercast where you can get early access episodes and bonus monthly episodes and live streams and a lot of cool stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you. And be your own Uncle Ed. Be your own girthy Fu Manchu. And just try not to runt this week. (laughs) That's your goal for the week. That's the goal. Set it low. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Stay fresh, cheese bags. She loved his daughter, Alex, treated her like it was her own daughter. She was her own daughter. Sorry, I said it. (laughs) So like when my brother was born and my aunt came to visit and said, where is he? And I said, it's upstairs. I have to cut that every time. Why? Because it's so mean. I was a five-year-old. Have you heard about there's these psychopath riddles out there? Have you heard (laughs) about these? No. Where like if you answer a certain way, it means you're a psychopath. I'm going to give it to you on the Patreon thing. I'm going to give you the riddle. I could be a psychopath. You're probably not because Oliver and I both answered the exact same way. And it would mean both of us are psychopaths as well. It's got to be fake. But anyways. That'll be fun for Patreon. But the it comment is hard. That's what's funny about it. So, (laughs) Is she or isn't she? Would she or wouldn't she? (laughs) Did she try to hurt her brother in the crib? Did (laughs) did you try to hurt your brother? No, not that I'm aware of. If I did, my family's not talking about it, and they love to tell embarrassing stories. If that comes out in your mom's story worth, yeah, my- that is going to be funny. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. So I guarantee you the it story is in story worth. I guarantee it. And then she tried to get a pillow. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.